welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. This episode is sponsored by Davis Construction, the Commercial Painting Industry Association, Fresh Coat, Paint Care, Develamark, and Service Legend. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, the show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. On this episode of the Paint and Marketing Mastermind podcast, we host for the second time guest Jason Phillips. Jason is the founder and owner of Phillips Home Improvements, a residential painting company based in metropolitan Dallas, Texas, that currently does over $8 million in annual revenue. Throughout Jason's growth journey, he has learned the importance of effective systems and processes and why he should not be reinventing the wheel as he grows his business. Jason strives to view Phillips Home Improvements as an easy-bake oven, and he even keeps an easy-bake oven in his office as a constant reminder to do so. Jason discusses the importance of leading with value first to both your customers and employees, and he dives into the importance of self-reflection, ultimately concluding that any business success or failure you experience is a reflection of your personal characteristics. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. All right, Jason, thank you for coming on the Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast round two, man. Brandon, it is my pleasure. Had a had a great time the first time, and thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the first time that was in person, live at the expo, that was special. Uh, this is I don't have as good of a setup here as we had there. It seems like you actually have a better setup, but uh, yeah, I, I we had a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to this one, man. Me as well. You know, hey, we both got a microphone and a camera, and that's really all that matters. We're set. That's We're right. Set. Yeah. So we, you and I were talking a little bit um, before we started filming here about, okay, what are we, what are we going to talk about? You know, cause we covered so much stuff last time and you had really talked about the three stages of a contractor prison. Uh, you had talked about disc profiles, how to not only um, use it for hiring people, but also even how to communicate and motivate people and make sure you have the right people in the right seats uh, and promote people that way. Um, and if anyone listening has not listened to that podcast, I highly recommend that you do. So it's the first podcast with uh, Jason Phillips that was released uh, PCA Expo Live. But this one, we have a, we have a couple of things we talked about, talked about well-rounded marketing, 
um, three things that you wish you knew when you started a painting company, I guess, where do you, where do you want to kick off? Hey, what about, what about the three things? You know, we've probably got, I, I bet, I bet a lot of your listeners are, are just starting or, or about to start their, their, their painting business and, yep. and they're searching up marketing right now. And, uh, you know, three things I, I, uh, I wish I would have known we could, we could certainly spend a few moments there, Brandon, if, if you like. Yeah, let's do it. So, okay. Back to what you said. One of the mistakes that I made over and over and over was putting good people in the wrong seat, putting good people in the wrong seat. And what happens when you put a, you know, a good person, whether they're, whether they're a friend, you know, when you start your company, your network is really small, typically, typically, and you hire people that, you know, or, or possibly your family, which can be problematic or it could be amazing. It all depends. Um, but you end up putting someone in a position because they're a good person, but their, their internal wiring uh, is not drawn to what that position needs. Now I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of hiring for, for character and training for skill. Okay. But there's, there's also this internal drive that each of us have. Okay. Some of us are, some of us are drawn to uh, inclusion. Some of us are drawn to absolutely getting the details right, being right and getting all the details right is, is very important to us. Some of us are drawn by winning are just attracted to winning. And some of us, we love to have fun and make friends. We can, we can be great company ambassadors. And although you can teach, you know, you can teach people those skills, but if they're not intrinsically rewarded by those things that it takes to be successful in those jobs, in those positions, those roles at your company, they're going to flounder. They're going to get frustrated you're going to be frustrated as their manager. And ultimately it could, it, it's going to break down, turnover and could, could ruin some relationships as well. And it's just, it's a very bad thing. And, and one of the learning about personality profiles has transformed my personal life, my family life and my leadership. And the, the beautiful thing about personality profiles is it, it, it doesn't take forever to learn enough to make it valuable. You could literally do, um, you know, an afternoon session somewhere and come away with something powerful that you could take back to your team uh, and improve things. And that's the thing I like about it. You know, it's some things that are simple, a golden nugget that I can take home. And that's the first thing I wish I would have known when I started my business because I hired good people, put them in the wrong seats. And at the end of the day, it didn't work for them. Didn't work for me. And if it's not win, win, it's lose, lose. Mm. Um, If it's not, if we're not both winning, we're automatically both losing. And so having the the right person, now there's more to having, you know, the right person and the right seat, the right person means, you know, that they, they fit your culture, right? They, they fit your company culture. They share your company values. Um, they can work at the pace. Like my company, we're a very fast-paced uh, team. We're a very fast-paced team. And that's just, and the reason for that is my company is a reflection of me, mm. my strengths, my weaknesses. 
And no matter who you are out there listening to this today, your company is going to share your, it's, it's a reflection of you. Your, your values, the way you live your life is going to be manifest in your company by the, by the people you attract, the way you build systems and communicate, all of that, the strengths and the weaknesses. And so, so learning, when, when, it, when it comes time to learning personality profiles, uh, the first thing is to get to know yourself. I know this sounds so touchy-feely, Brandon, but it's, it's vitally important. Things that you may know uh, in your below the surface, but not necessarily think about in your conscious mind. Like, you know, um, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Okay. I'm really, I'm really good with numbers. I'm really, I can do mental math really fast and all that. I'm really good with numbers. And for the first, you know, a couple of years of my company, I ran, I ran the accounting books and I could do it, but I hate it. And I never, and I never, I never said I hate it until one day I'm like, man, I do hate that. <laughs> okay. And, and it's okay to say that I don't like doing it. I want it done. It needs to be done. It needs to be done with excellence, but I need to know what, what my strength zone is because you and I, we are going to shine when we work in our unique abilities Yep. and, and, and discovering our own unique abilities. And you see, as, as, as entrepreneurs, when we start our, when we start our company, we have to be good, pretty good at, at maybe sometimes making the widget or doing the service, sales, marketing, accounting, management, all of these different things. We have to succeed to a certain level on those. We have to. And so we became, we become these Renaissance men and women that can do it all. And then as we began to, we, we, we began to uh, hire a team of people to do the things we like doing least. And, you know, it might be, we're going to hire the painters. Okay. Well, I love painting, so nobody's ever going to spray or whatever. But then when it goes beyond that and you're now off the brush, off the spray gun, whatever, off the tool, you're now running projects and selling projects. And what I see is, is most owners will either tend to A, hire a salesperson and run the projects themselves because they, they're drawn to the project management or B, hire the project management end and, and continue to do the sales themselves. But what happens is we need to continue to grow personally and figure out that as an individual, there are certain things that are even more narrow than that, that our unique ability is. And as you grow, the, the, you have to continue to slice off and narrow down your focus because the more you can specialize as, as a person, as a business owner, and the more your people can specialize in their role, the more expertise they can develop and the more effective they will be. Yeah. Back in the day, back in the day, my, my salespeople also ran their projects, which, which was great because the, the clients had uh, one face to deal with. Mm. But, but this is a truth. Your typical person who's really good at selling is, is not good at running projects and vice versa. For, for somebody out there who's listening who maybe is going to hire for this role, let's say they're, they're doing both those positions right now would you focus on hiring and, and they know that they have to hire someone, let's say to do both of them because they're going to focus on something else. Uh, maybe a lot of the admin and, and maybe kind of getting the infrastructure set up. Would you recommend that they focus on a sales oriented mindset and hire someone there and have them, that person also conduct the project management or really focus on someone, you know, again, use, leveraging the disc personality profiles, who's really more focused on attention to detail and project management and having them conduct the sales. Well, that's a, that's a great question. 
So, you know, there, I don't want to say there's no, there's not people out there that can do both. Hmm. Even if, even if a person can do both, the demands of the job are different because the optimal time when you're on a sales call is probably also the time when you need to be wrapping up and punching out and collecting a check on a job. Mm-hmm. So there's the scheduling demands that are automatically different, right? Now, what would be great is, hey, all of a sudden we're going to double or triple leads and I'm hiring both people at the same time. It just doesn't happen that way, right? <laughs> so there, so it, it may be that, you know, I would, I would suggest if you don't have a sales or project manager, um, I would suggest figure out which one you're best at, mm-hmm. carve off the other one, Okay, carve off the other one and hire someone to do that. Now, let me tell you this. I did it a little differently. I'm drawn to the sales, but I hired salespeople because I, I felt good about training them how to sell. So I was able to build that end of it while I began to work and, and, and improve on the project management end of it. So I would suggest one or the other. And, and, the whole, and sales is a whole nother uh, sales methodology is a whole nother uh, subject in, on its own because the, the painting business, the, the selling system, uh, there's very few people actually have a selling system and it's terrible. Okay. It's ineffective. Everybody's competing on price, price alone, because they don't know how to, they, 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 they haven't been taught. They haven't learned uh, other than their own experience. Most people. Okay. Um, how to sell and how to build value properly. And, you know, which, which kind of, you know, kind of leads into the next thing. Uh, You know, the first thing I wish I knew when I started my painting business was, was about personality profiles. Okay. Uh, And again, that, that helps, that has helped me my entire life. The next thing uh, is, is I, um, I was constantly reinventing the wheel constantly reinventing the wheel. I was learning everything the hard way, trial and error on everything. Right. And, and one day I just, I had this, I had this moment. I'm like, man, why am I constantly reinventing the wheel? Like Fred Flintstone. Okay. Why don't I go to the wheel store where they have all the different wheels that fit the right cars and they can tell you which one works better. And I can buy that wheel and put it on my car and I can immediately be rolling down the road instead of carving out a wheel out of stone. Yeah. And when I, when, when I got over that and it was actually, Brandon, it was a moment of humility because, you know, us as business owners, we're, we're drivers, we're go-getters, we can do it. We have bravado, uh, <laughs> but that, that gets us launched. But what it does is it becomes a limiting factor and for not everybody, but for me and for most, most contractor business and small business owners that I know this has been the case. So I'm like, okay. I, I don't, I could sit down and write a selling system. Why don't I go research and find the one that's going to fit my company and my, and my uh, objectives the best. And so I did, and then I adapted it and improved it for my company. And so, so reinventing the wheel is one of the things that I should not have done constantly. I did that for years and years and I worked hard but that's not scalable. It's just, it's not scalable. Hard work is not scalable. When we are, when we're out there as business owners working night and day weekends, there's only so much hard work you can put into it. Now, granted, I meet some lazy guys here and there. Okay. But, 
But most all of the business owners that I meet out there, they're hardworking people. They, they carry a weight on their shoulders for, for not only their own family, but for all of their employees. And, and that's great. But, but if you want to make everybody's lives better, you, you have to become a better leader. You have to build a team and you have to implement systems that, that uh, are scalable for your team and for your company. Yeah, I love that. That was, you know, I obviously learned a lot from conducting this podcast from a lot of the the best painting company owners in North America. But there are some things that really stick with me. And when we had conducted our first podcast, you had brought up this idea that hard work is not scalable. And that stuck with me because I am a, a workhorse. I just drive. And I ever since we filmed that podcast, I've been kind of sitting back and every time I do something, I'm like, should I be doing this? And I'm realizing I do a lot of things that I shouldn't be doing. That, that even for myself, I'm still carrying so much of the load. You know, So it's not specific just to painting companies. It, it can go to really any company. But I think this idea that you know, you're, you're driven, you're, you want to succeed, you want to produce great results, and you at some point think that you're the only one who can produce those results or that you need to to maintain your thumb on that quality control or everything's going to go to part. And I think this idea of finding systems of finding processes, like you said, you found a sales system and then, and then tailored it to your business that have already been proven to work, I think is, is key. If for people who are listening, who do want to find these systems, whether it's sales operations, what, whatever it is, management, do, whatever, do you have any, any resources you can point them to any direction? How should they start that research journey? I would suggest uh, if, if anybody wants to connect with me, just go to my website, which is jasonwphillips.com. I have a, a blog. You can sign up for my newsletter there. Uh, in quarter four, I'm going to be hosting uh, what I'm going to call a, an owner's boot camp, where we're going to bring in some owners and we're going to teach them some basic systems, talk about leadership, personal development, uh, team building, and, and building what I call able systems, systems that are scalable teachable, trainable, repeatable, predictable. I call those able systems. And, uh, uh, I've got, uh, I'll show you here real quick. One of the, one of the icons in my, uh, office or in my studio right here. Do you know what that is above my head right there? Can, can you see that? I, Way up there. It looks like a Barbie house or so. I don't know what that is. That is an easy bake oven. Ah, you know what that is? Right? Easy <laughs> I love okay. it, man. Because you can take, you can take any kid, okay, give them some basic instructions and, and they can make some cookies over and over and over in their easy bake oven. Right. And, uh, and so that's what a simple system is an able system because you and I, we cannot afford to hire geniuses at every level of our company. And there's just not that many of them anyways. So if we can take something and make it uh, obvious what to do, give them the how-to, the instruction, how, uh, the tools, how to do it. Average people can get great results. And that's, that's what's beautiful about it. Now, when, when I may have shared this before on the previous, on, on the previous podcast, but, but when I started, I was, I was all into automation. I built my own CRM with all of this VBA code behind it. And, and I had all of these systems going that made me a powerhouse. But what they didn't do is transfer to my people. So I didn't make my people a powerhouse. I only made me a powerhouse. 
I was the only one that could work the system. I was the only one that could debug the system or improve the system. Now, today I have systems where well, I'm not even inventing or implementing all the systems. Maybe I'm finding them, but they're championed by someone on my team. So it's getting me out of the loop. Not because, not because I'm not a hard worker or not dedicated or any of that stuff. Kind of like you, like, you know, you're driven to, to get things done. Like you just said, but at the end of the day, you know, you know, we want to lead by example. We want to be that leader that leads by example. And that's great, but we've got to get out of that. And we've got to do the things that only we can do. Cause if we're doing their job, who's doing the stuff that only we can do? Nobody, it's not getting done. And so we have to get out of there and we have to rise above and think on a different level. Yeah. Are there things, so I know it, 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 some of this is going to be specific to, you know, the, the individual company owner's skill set or passion or, or kind of where they see their unique value. Are there things that you would say that, that are not specific to each person that as the owner of a company, this is their role? Like, like for example, being visionary potentially or, or things of, uh, that, that you would say are kind of non-negotiable, that it, it is their job? This can be, um, some of this can be delegated, delegated. A lot of this can be delegated, but it can, but it should never be abdicated. Okay. We can talk about that if you want. Yeah. Making true. the hard decisions, making the hard decisions, formulating and communicating a laser pointed vision of where your company is going, of who your company is, living out your company values, those things you have to be accountable for. And ultimately as the owner of your business, you are accountable for the bottom line. You can give, you can give your team um, reviews and marks and, and KPIs and all this, but at the end of the day, your balance sheet, is your personal scorecard. Now, again, I believe there's more to running a business and more to life than the balance sheet and money. And, you know, results are very important and, and, and profits fuel the future. They help you weather the storm, all of that. Okay. But at the same time, if you just, if you just focus on, on short-term results, it's kind of like, it's kind of like spending all your marketing effort on PPC. The moment you start you stop spending on pay-per-click, your ads stop working for you immediately. Whereas if you are uh, spending time on SEO, it's going to be slow to grow, but it's going to, it's going to have a longer lifespan, right? Longer half-life. And you're planting, you know, you're planting a, a forest at that point that's going to, that's going to slowly grow. And when we build people who can then build the company and the bottom line, it's, we are really in the people business. The most successful companies out there realize they're not in the widget business. They're not in the painting business. They are in the people business. And, and if we can understand that sooner rather than later, yes, when it's just you and some painters out there, you're thinking about production and scheduling. You're thinking about those things because you have to. But as you grow, you need to have a vision of where you're going and how you're going to spend your time as a leader. And it has to be about developing uh, people and leaders and empowering people so that they can get the job done uh, with, with levels of excellence without your constant oversight 
without constant bureaucracy, which bureaucracy is a, a whole nother uh, uh, conversation, you know, simplicity versus complexity. Complexity literally is the, the, the battle that a growing company is fighting every single day. Mm. I like that a lot. Okay. So we have covered, you, you talked about the three um, things that you wish you had known when you started your painting business, we've covered uh, personality profiles and how it is a lot easier and quicker to actually get those wins and, and actually take away value from that than I certainly would have expected. I would have expected probably multi, multi weeks or months to actually be able to make that work. Um, you say in an afternoon, you can have wins. Uh, number two is constantly reinventing the wheel. So we're, we're not the smartest. We're not the best at everything. Um, and even if we were, it would probably still be inefficient and stupid to try to do everything. There, there are already people who have paved, paved the way for just about everything that we're all doing. Um, so let's, let's borrow, you know, great, great business owners kind of, kind of steal ideas and refine them and make them their own. Um, that that's the name of the game. And it's what you did with the sales system. What is number three? Number three is the able systems, able, scalable, transferable, teachable, trainable, measurable systems. Absolutely. The easy rather than, and the, the, the opposite of that is a fragile system that depends on the owner. It's word of mouth. You know, it's, for instance, when you're at, you know, at phase one in your company and it's you and some, and some workers, some painters, um, your entire CRM is in your head between your ears. Okay. (laughs) Everything, everything you need to know is right there between your ears, right? You can do a thousand things at once. You can remember everything and, uh, and you're communicating one-to-one with people in the field. Okay. But now when you start to grow, okay, and then you have a manager or team leader that's now leading people, you have not two levels, you and the frontline workers, you have you, team leaders or managers, and frontline workers. And that is where failure happens a lot because you're now communicating something to someone who is then having to recommunicate that. And and you, and the chances are you only communicated them. They, they probably only received 70% of what you said, of what you told them. And then the next person is going to, at the next level is going to receive maybe 70% of that. So like the people at telephone. the front lines have literally less than half, <clears throat> less than half of what you have. And then the same goes true when you want to have bottom-up communication as well, reporting back problems and things going wrong in the field. Okay. And so that's why it's very important to have SOPs, standard ways of communicating. This is the way we do it. This is the standard period. And we're, we're going to, if we're going to change it, we're going to change it, make sure everybody's on the same page. And that becomes uh, that's a challenge. It's been a challenge for my company. And I see it as a challenge for pretty much every company I run into. Yep. It's that, it's that adding that, that middle management. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, remind me, are you, are you using W2 painters or 1099s? 1099s. So, okay. So how do you think that, that, you know, implementing SOPs, um, that quality control, you know, the maintaining the, the as close to perfect communication as you can, how does that vary between W2 and 1099s? Is it more challenging when, when you have 1099 painters? Well, I haven't had W2 painters, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> but, but 
at the end of the day, okay, my project, okay, I have, I have a project consultants that are uh, sales, salespeople. And uh, when they, when they uh, get a contract, an agreement, a project, it, it gets turned in uh, to our uh, production department. And eventually after it goes through uh, a process, a project manager shows up there with a crew and the crew chief. And that project manager owns that job at that point. And it's his job to communicate to the crew uh, exactly, you know, the, the scope of work and, and flush out any, any gray areas that are of misunderstanding. And, uh, you know, we're not just hiring new crews constantly and people we don't know, right? Yeah. You know, we, we expect that painters know how to paint, okay? But there's yeah. specific things, uh, promises that we make to our clients that, that need to be communicated and understood, uh, you know, our customers have expectations on working hours and job cleanliness and things like that. But at, at the end of the day, I'll give, I'll give you, I'll give you a good example. Um, recently, you know, we're, we're moving my studio. Okay. And I needed this wall painted black and uh, we had some rain. My, one of my expediters called said, Hey, Jason, I got, a, I got one of the guys available. And I said, for a half day. I said, yes, I'll take him. So I ordered a gallon of gray primer and two gallons of black paint. So he, I meet him at the studio and we're talking, we're talking through it. And he's like, uh, not sure we're going to need the primer. And I said, okay. And he said, well, no, if you want me to prime it, I boss, I can prime it and put two coats on it. And I, he said, what do you want? I said, you know what I want? I want a black wall. I said, I don't care if you prime it or not. I want that wall black. What's the, what's the most effective way to make that happen? He's like, okay, no primer. It is. And I'm like, okay, done. And guess what? In short order, the wall was black. You know, I don't want to drill bit. I don't want to drill. I want a hole. Yeah. And too many times, too many times as, as, as painting contractors, we get caught up in that. Those things are vitally important. Okay. But like in our sales process, we want to tell every little detail of how we're going to do the job and draw the customer down into the weeds with all of that. Most, some customers care about that, but by and large, well, they're like bored by it. They're like, give, give me the price. They just want, they, they don't need to know how the sausage is made. They just want the sausage. Yeah. You know, we, here's the way we say it. Don't tell me about the labor pains. Just show me the baby. Mm, I love that. It's not a very nice way to say, it, especially when I say that to my wife. Okay. Oh yeah. But. My <laughs> wife would love that. Yeah. You can say it to her next time in, in Albuquerque. <laughs> I'll reference when you said it to me about her. When I said it to you. Yeah. I like I'll, that. I'll stir that pot. That'll I'll go well for me. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, but, but, you know, I, I can't speak to uh, the, uh, the W2, the W2 painters, but you know, at the end of the day, everybody needs to understand what it's going to take to please that customer and deliver the promises that have been made. Yeah. yeah. And then you need to make sure that those promises have been made before you leave. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I think you, you summed it up and clarified it pretty nicely. You assume, I mean, I guess you need to vet, you know, you work with, you've been working with the same crews and, and you don't just hire willy nilly, but painters know how to paint, but there are expectations that they're not going to know. They're not going to know exactly the service hours. They're not going to know exactly um, if certain things were promised or weren't promised or what the level of cleanliness or, or rapport or behavior is always going to be expected or, or what was conveyed, you know, they, they, those are absolutely um, opportunities that are ripe for miscommunication, for misunderstanding, you know, your, your salesperson or consultant goes in and, and, and says something, and then that's not passed along. I mean, that, those are very common 
call them points of failure, I guess. We call that the handoff. And it is absolutely critical. And it is a constant tension to manage to make sure that everything is communicated well and thoroughly. Mm -hmm. Very important. Yeah. So that was helpful. So those are the three things you wish you knew Um, to reiterate for everyone listening, personality profile, disc profile, look it up, D-I-S-C. It is not as complicated or scary as I certainly thought that it was. And within an afternoon, you can find wins for you and your team. Don't constantly reinvent the wheels. Number two, through trial and error, you are not the best. And even if you are, you don't have all the time. We don't have 80 hours in a day. You still only have 24. So find what already works and use it. And then number three, able systems. And Jason is having a boot camp, a Q4 boot camp that I'm actually going to talk with Jason about because I think I could derive value from that as well, um, even running a marketing agency. But that will be Q4. And you can also reach out to Jason going on jasonwphillips.com is his website. You can learn more about him. We're not done. Just wanted to sum all that up. Did I, did I pretty much cover that? Absolutely. You did great. Okay. All right. So then the, another thing you had mentioned might be a good um, talking point for this podcast was well-rounded marketing. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Okay. So, um, you know, I've been doing this 25 years and I, I, I don't, you know, purport to be an expert on everything, but I've hired a lot of marketers through the years and I've been in charge of my marketing department. You know, I started my company, I started my company uh, canvassing, knocking on doors and putting out door hangers. And uh, like how Jason, because, Jason Paris started that way. Yeah. And so that I called that the, I called that the, uh, the Goodyear marketing plan because all I had was the tread on my shoes. And, uh, and you and have worked, so many right? quips, Jason, you have all these quips, and, man. I feel like I need you to write them down in, in a book. Cause I want to steal all of them. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I just want to steal. Jason's quips. Hey, take it. Use whatever. Yeah. But but you know the 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 thing is this is I you know I see companies all over that are really you know killing it like some companies they're they're all they're all over uh, all they do is canvassing and they kill it okay you know some companies are you know hey they do all their marketing on Instagram or some are all you know PPC or or just all these different ways okay and and there's there's so many different avenues in marketing. Okay, it's very difficult to get good at all of them. I'm, first of all, I'm going to say that, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's great to specialize and, and be really good at a particular type of marketing, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to I give you, uh, it's dangerous to not have well-rounded marketing. It's dangerous, okay? Because uh, I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you a few examples here, okay? One, in 2005, wow, going way back here, Jason, okay? This is how bad it hurt. It sticks out in my mind. Um, we got almost all of our leads from a particular magazine. And we were sending out hundreds of thousands of copies, uh, ads in this magazine, okay? And in August of 2005, the phone didn't ring. Magazines go out third-class mail. The postmaster may or may not deliver them when he wants to. We had, it was like, we're getting leads, you know, June, July. August, boom, nothing. September, it's back again. That was real. And that hurt. That hurt. Okay. Now, uh, let's use another real world example. Back in the day, a lot of companies got all of their, not home, not, not home improvement companies in particular, mainly like uh, mortgage refinance companies and such, got all of their leads through fax machine marketing. 
If you're old enough to have remembered a fax machine, you would be so annoyed because you constantly got these ads coming on your fax machine. Well, guess what? One day the FTC decides that's illegal. No more fax machine marketing. Companies went out of business because of that. Okay. And guess what? How about companies that do, that do home shows and events and canvassing? Oh my gosh, it can't ever happen. We, guess what? COVID, you're shut down. You can't go knock on doors, no events. Boom. <clears throat> out of business, suck and win, whatever it is. Okay. You, we think these things can't happen, but they, but they do. Um, how about this? You know, we, we, last year in, in Texas, we had what we call snowmageddon. You heard about that, right? Yep. Where, where all, all the, the, the two week freeze just caused all kinds of problems across the nation with materials yep. and such. Well, back in 2015, Google had an algorithm update called mobilegeddon. Okay. And, and that was where your web pages had to be mobile friendly. And so what you don't know is when there's going to be something, whether it's political, whether it's environmental, or whether it's, whether it's corporate policy, something is going to mess up a lead source for you. And if you are wholly dependent on that lead source, you're going to be sucking wind. So yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to need to pay more for some leads and less for some other leads, but you need to have, begin to develop diversity in your leads. Yep. It's very important to have some diversity. Okay. And so, so there's, you know, pretty much all marketers these days, okay. Grew up on social media and they only want to do digital marketing. They think print is dead. Okay. And print is not dead. Okay, you can talk to some the, some other guys uh, like with, hey, uh, Garrett Garrett, Garrett he, Trace, yeah, he's, painting direct mail boom guru you know, and then and and so offline marketing right how about how about Jason Paris door hangers yep. offline marketing paper boy, okay paper boy it works marketing. it absolutely works and so so to have a good mix if we if we were to draw a matrix okay you know a square with four squares in it and we have you know the 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 top the top row is uh, online and the bottom row is offline. Now the, the left column, let's say we're going to, we're going to say it's take it marketing and the right column is make it marketing. Okay. And let's, let's, let's go, let's go in the online, let's go in the online, uh, take it marketing. Okay. That would be for instance, pay-per-click advertising. It's online. It's easy to track, it's quick to implement, quick results, and, and you're, you're marketing uh, to people that are already searching for what you want, right? Okay. And guess what? There's a good chance those are very competitive leads. When I say competitive, there's other, they're, they're, they're getting other quotes from other companies. Now, let's look on the other hand. Let's take it offline and go to canvassing where you interrupt someone at their front door, Okay. They weren't necessarily looking for you, but they have a need and you show up at the right time. They're in their busy life. They live a whirlwind and they've just been waiting. They know they, they know their pain is peeling on their house. They haven't gotten around to calling. Now all of a sudden you knock on their door and you're there. Guess what? You're going to get, you, you've got a lead right there and they don't have any other quotes and they're just happy someone showed up. Yep. And so that is make it marketing. And too many marketers today just want to take it. They want to swipe that credit card. 
swipe that credit card. Just put that credit card in. Give me some Facebook ads. Give me some Google ads, Bing ads, whatever it is. Okay. Or even uh, uh, lead aggregators. Yep. Okay. Lead aggregators. You know, and, and we've, we've, we continue here and there to try out lead aggregators because for a number of reasons, um, one, because you never know when you, you might get one that actually has some, some good leads, but two, it helps us improve our systems because we have to, uh, really respond to them very, very quickly. And they're competitive. There's a certain way you have to, yeah, they're very competitive, but you know, the, the appointment set rate is really low. Yep. I mean, they're low value. Everybody's buying them and they're giving them out to a number of people, right? Which again, that's a, that could probably be a different subject on its own, but, but have a diversity. Angie was, uh, was at the expo. So I, I think I'm probably not going to make a, a full podcast of a beat down on that one, but yeah, we could do one. <laughs> and Hey, Hey, we, 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 um, we do Angie, you, you know, they it. have, they have Angie ads and Angie leads. Right. And, and we do Angie, I've done Angie for, for, for years and years when they, when they merged with home advisor, we were, we were one of their larger accounts. They flew me out to, uh, oh, wow. Las Vegas for two days, put me up in the Cosmo and it wined and dined us, entertained us and all this stuff. And it was so Jason, was, they, they bought you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> well, how many days is it going to take? <laughs> you know, so, but, but it was, it, it was, it was, uh, you know, the, having a, having a good mix of marketing. Now, now the, the, the difficulty with that is it adds complexity. Now you have to have lead attribution, know, know where each dollar is performing, where it's not performing, how, where your leads coming in. You got to have lead tracking. Do you have, you know, do you have, uh, do you have uh, uh, dedicated phone numbers inbound for that? So you can know where everything going into your CRM and it really gets very hairy. Okay. That's why you need someone uh, like you who can help people out with that. Right. Yeah. You have to, if you, you can't just roll out a bunch of different marketing campaigns, figure out your business is going up and then just be happy because you have no idea. Oh, or the thing that we hear is, well, the customers tell me this, or I ask them how they hurt. That doesn't work because 30 to 40% of the time they're just either wrong. Maybe they forgot or they're lying. So it's often very inaccurate when you ask a customer how they found you. And if you're not attributing lead attribution, attributing those leads to whichever certain source and then figuring out not only when the lead came through, did they close? Okay, when they closed, how much how much was their revenue? Are you typically getting these low quality, you know, single room, whatever, or versus a whole house? Okay, and then what's your profit margin? What's your percentage callback? What kind? Of, what's the quality of this kind of customer? Do they tend to be happy with the work, or do they just try to beat you down the entire process? There's a lot to track. That's right. Absolutely. You know, uh, last year we got 42 percent of our business from repeat and referral. Oh, that's okay. Excellent. And so if we made the assumption that everybody just remembered us so much and they loved us so much and we were just so in touch with them that they just called us back. No, they responded to this campaign or to that campaign. I want to know. I, I, of course, I expect them to love us. I expect that we're going to wow them. Yeah. But what is the thing that made them call today, right now? What made, what made them call this time? You know, did yeah. they go pull my business card out of their drawer? Maybe they did. Chances are they saw an ad, they saw something somewhere, a truck, a yard sign, and they're like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to call. And that is where we attribute that lead to in our system. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think this, this idea too, you know, you have 42% repeat and referral. 
so often the repeat and referral is really viewed passively. Well, we did the business, so we'll get them back. And, and the fact that you're attributing it to wherever they found you shows you're not viewing it passively. You don't just do somebody's you know, painting project and you never keep in touch with them or you, you don't have any kind of outbound marketing. And then you just expect in five years, 10 years, if they ask a neighbor, they're not going to remember you likely. I mean, people have a lot going on. They, they got a paint job. I've had some experiences that were really positive with home improvement companies. And I remember being wowed a couple of years later. I'm like, what was that? I can't, can't even remember. Don't even know the company because you're not going to ever be the top of their mind. It's several years from now. You know, I, that reminds me of uh, a wake up call I had years ago. Uh, I don't remember where I read about a study and they said every month that goes by that your uh, client doesn't hear your name, your top of mind awareness goes down by 10%. Hmm. And after six months, you're on the same playing field with all of your competitors. Wow. And we as business owners, we want to think, oh man, we did such a good job. They were smiling. They love us so much. Left us a review. And yeah. And then guess what? You ignored them. You didn't add them any value. The only time you ever contact them is when you want money. You don't (laughs) ever provide them with anything of value. It's just, Hey, Oh, we were doing a deal half off or, you know, free this or whatever it is, free paint, you know, and, and we're constantly asking for money and I get it, but, but we need to be adding value. And yep. adding that on a regular basis and keeping, keeping our, our name, our company name, top of mind awareness in front of our you know, ideal clients. Can you provide maybe an example of, of adding value for people who, who maybe are listening to that and they're not really sure, you know, they think maybe email marketing would just be kind of telling about the specials or promotions that are happening or, or that maybe don't really know how to add value. Okay. So that's a great question. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a number, a number of ways. Um, one is you could, you could give them homeowner tips. Hey, winter's mm. coming. Here's some things to, to prepare your, help you prepare your home and save some money. And it we're doesn't homeowner, have to be, we're homeowners you too. Have to hire them. Pain. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be about even about painting necessarily. Mm-hmm. You can help them. Yep. And here's, here's some things you can do. And, uh, you know, you, of course, uh, you could also, uh, in addition to, you know, homeowner tips, you could do here's how to convert your stained cabinets to painted mm-hmm. cabinets. Mm-hmm. We're going to show you exactly how to do it. Yep. There's a good chance after they see how to do it, that they're going to say, Oh man, that's way too much work. I'm going to call you. They may do that, but you're, yep. you're just an open book. Hey, here's how we, here's how we do this. Here's how you can do this for yourself and give people stuff. That's, that's a value because uh, as homeowners, you know, tips. Yep. I love that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's-, that's my favorite. That's my favorite way. And uh, honestly, that's something that we're, we're, we're doing more of this year than we have in the past. That was just something for so many years, we were just constantly out there just, uh, treating everybody the same, like they're a new fresh lead, sending them the same ads. And they're like, no, we need to create a circle of love. We've got all these customers that, that we've done a great job for. We've got a database of, you know, you know, 40,000 satisfied clients. And we just, we need to create a circle of love and just add value to these people. And, um, you know, Hey, yeah, we might throw some entertaining TikTok out there here and there to get a few laughs, but, and that's fine, but, but that's not really adding much value beyond, you know, beyond just a blip in time. And, uh, but, you know, helping them, helping them see, you know, typical things that, uh, okay. So in our business, most homeowners, they don't pay to maintain, they pay to repair. Right. 
They wait till their house breaks down. Now in their car, they'll take their car into the dealership or whatever for the oil change every 3000 miles, most people, but on their home, they want to wait till it's in really bad shape. And if, if we can point out some of those pain points, Hey, Mr. Customer, if you, if you wait and you do it later, it's going to cost you way more money. Why don't you just, you know, take care of this now or, or, you know, one of the things I'd like to tell everybody is just something so simple, simply, you can call us to do this, or you can do this yourself. Just walk around your house twice a year on the outside with a, with a caulk gun and just caulk up some areas where, where the sprinklers have been uh, spraying on the box windows or whatever, and it may have split the caulk and just caulk that that's going to help protect that paint. And maybe even a paintbrush. Just if you will do some minor maintenance on your paint job, you're going to double the life of it if you just give it a little bit of attention. I think that's so huge because how many people think about that? I know I don't think about the the sprinkler hitting the house. It's not just not something that really I regularly would think about. And if you have people, you send that to enough people and you provide a good enough experience, some people are actually going to do that. And if those people go out and do that, you can be almost 100% sure that when they do need a paint job, it is going to be your company they go with. That's right. Exactly. Because you're building trust with them. You're adding value to them. And, yeah. you know, I was like, man, don't we want the customer that says, man, I'm not calling anybody else. These guys, these guys are, are honest. They have integrity. They're here to serve and add value. They're not just here to make a quick buck and they're not going to send some slippery salesperson in here. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. See, Jason, I think one of the things you do really, really well is you take into account the reality, you know, like, like some of the stuff that you talk about historically for me has been, and I think for a lot of people, it, it kind of seems um, kind of theoretical, soft, you know, the, the personality profile, like it all sounds great, but you recognize the constraints that we all live in, you know, with we only have so much time and effort to apply what you just said for the homeowner, that's, that doesn't require very much. And that's something that I, I 100% believe people would actually do. And I think most, most times when people send home, home this, home that, I don't think they're oftentimes very implement, implementable tactics. You know, it's kind of what, what to know, but not necessarily, you're saying literally buy, buy cock on, walk around outside of it. I mean, it would not take very, very long. Pretty much anybody in the world can do it. And the benefit would be extending, you know, doubling the, the, 8, 000, the life of the $8,000 paint job or whatnot that you just got received or you say that this personality profile you recognize that we live in the real world people are not going to go to some you know conference or summit for several weeks and be, all of a sudden become you know the, like certified human behavior um certified what is your, your certified human certified human behavior consultant yeah people are not you know, we're not all going to go become certified human behavior consultants but right. we can go learn this for an afternoon and actually do something that actually moves the needle that actually makes a difference because ultimately that's that's really what most people want and that's what I want to do with my boot camp is, is have some really some golden nuggets that, that business owners can take back home and, uh, and, and move the needle. And, you know, every now and then I'll have a, I'll have a friend come in, uh, an industry friend come in and just spend a day or two with me, meet my team, see what it's like to, uh, see, see what it's like to, to, uh, be in my culture and kind of immerse themselves in my leadership culture of my amazing team and not me, my amazing team. Okay. And see how they interact, healthy conflict, things like that, watching us go over scorecards and things like that. And uh, every now and then I'll, I'll invite a friend in to, you know, to do that. If, he, if anybody listening is interested in coming to spend a, spend a, a day or two uh, with me, I, I might be open to that. Not that I'm all that, but I feel like my team has something very unique, and very special. I'm very blessed by the team that I have 
and uh, I have wonderful leaders and managers on my team. And I'm just like, man, if you could have what I have, if you could have what I have, your life would be so much different. And I want, I want all the painters to, to have that. I love that. Yeah. Anyone listening who's thinking about doing that, Jason is all that. He's just humble and do take him up on that. Try to take him up on that. Cause that's amazing. Jason, do you, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know this has been a decently long episode um, and I'm going to have you on again. I think, I think I, I need to make you a recurring guest. It's just too good, man. It's too good not to. Do you have any other, any other things you want to share? You know, I would, I would just say that, uh, and, and maybe this is a, a topic for a future, but as you grow your company, things are going to become exponentially complex. And when you have complexity, it creates wasted effort and wasted time. So there's a beauty in keeping things simple. Now, of course, you know, if you, if you try to simplify something before you understand it, that's, that's foolish. But once you understand it, if you can simplify it and make it easy for people to do the right thing, that's genius. So fight for simplicity, battle bureaucracy, you know, uh, commit to becoming a better leader commit to becoming a better leader and that's going to help you build it. That's going to help you build a better team. And, uh, and it, and the day will come and you're not even the one building the systems anymore. How about that? You're not even building the systems. Think about that. I was stuck in that for so long. Like I've got to build all these systems for these team. And I got to the point, I'm like, dude, all I'm doing is building and impairing and improving systems. And I finally said, okay, I need my managers to systemize. And I know a lot of guys out here, a lot of guys and gals listening, actually are doing uh, the EOS traction model. Well, in the book, one of the things he says is, you know, above all else, your managers need to be able to uh, systemize, simplify, predict. Okay, and this is this is not some some new thing. All of the most successful companies master the idea of simplifying. Yeah, that's amazing. The Easy Bake Oven. It is not a Barbie house. Easy bake oven. Now I want to get one of those. I have a, a five-year-old and a one-year-old, so I think it could be practical as well here. But As well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Jason, thank you for your time, man. This was absolutely amazing. Um, I guess I can say as always, because now this is our second one together uh, and we there will be a third. Man, I, I appreciate it, Brandon. I just, I enjoy, I appreciate you and and uh, I love sharing with like-minded, with li- well, like-minded individuals. Yeah. Thank you for having me today. Thanks, Jason. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. 
To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.